What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Conscious Love Show podcast. Uh, Shane here, as usual, and excited, as usual. I feel like I say that every single time. I'm like, I'm excited, (laughs) but I am. You know, I'm always excited. I look forward to it every week, and it's just uh, really a pleasure to be on and to share and to serve. And um, in thinking of a topic for this week and what I really wanted to speak into, I got excited about this topic. I want to speak about uh, so, so the title of the show would be Don't Chase Men and the Surprising Psychology Behind Power Dynamics in Early Dating. I know it's a big big title, long title, right? Um, but what I really want to get into is, yes, the idea that don't chase men, which you've probably heard a million times, but I want to talk about the psychology behind it and what's actually happening for a man when he starts dating someone, what he's looking for and, and the the power dynamics and why they're important. And how to how to position yourself within them, you know. And and if you know me, and I'm sure those of you who are with me live today, or those of you who are going to be hearing the podcast later, you're you know you're relatively familiar with my work, I imagine, and, and you know that I like a core value of mine is authenticity, and a core value of mine is to just be very genuine and very real and very honest. And I. When we discuss things like this, when we talk about power dynamics, when we talk about dating strategy, when we talk about, you know, how to be with a man in the early stages, there's always a tendency in these conversations to want to get manipulative about it, right? To want to play some kind of game or manipulate the situation in some way to get a desired result. And a lot of times, you know, like just, just to say it simply, there are real power dynamics in dating, in relationships. Like there, there just are, they exist. Like in my relationship with my wife, there are certain power dynamics between us. And that's just a reality of being in relationship with someone. Sometimes one person is going to have more of an upper hand. Sometimes someone else is going to have more of an upper hand. And in a loving relationship, you know, you experience these same power dynamics, but you don't manipulate them. You don't hold them over someone's head. So essentially in my relationship with my wife, like we experience these things, but we always come back together, right? We're not holding it over each other's head. We're actually in our relationship. We're always kind of giving the power away, right? It's like, no, have it back. You can have it back. No, you can have it back, right? Because we're not trying to hold it. But these are, these are real relational dynamics that show up and especially in dating. You know, when when you get into a relationship like myself and my wife where you're very comfortable with each other, you're very established with each other, you know, you know what you can expect and there's there's a deep level of trust and like we don't we don't really suspect the other person is ever like out to get us or manipulate us or anything. So there's there's no real defense involved. 
you know, we're both pretty open hearted with each other. And so these things like don't really show up that much with us. But when you're with someone that you don't know and you don't know where they're coming from, you don't know their background, you don't know their history, you don't know what they really want. I mean, maybe they've communicated a little bit, but you you haven't really experienced them enough to really know what they want. You only know what they say. Right. And and in these early in these early stages, when you're getting to know someone and, and you don't know who they are and you're figuring that out, and you don't know if they have more of a manipulative streak or if they have more of a genuine heart. Like you just you haven't figured these things out yet. You haven't really got an idea of who the person is. These power dynamics and how much power you give someone else in your life, it's very important. And it's very important to maintain a degree of power in the relationship. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not someone who advocates for having the upper hand or holding it over someone's head or using their interest in the relationship against them. Okay, those, those are all manipulative tactics that I don't really jive with. But if you give your power away, if you're not maintaining equal power, or if you're, if you're, uh, what do I want to say here? It's like, if you're giving your power away, you're not maintaining equal power, or you're not maintaining a sense of intrigue and mystery and like build up in the relationship. Like if you give it all away too fast, like these are all, these are all ways that the, these are all ways that you can give up your, I'm trying to say this without it sounding manipulative. That's why I'm struggling with my words a little bit here because, because this, this should not be manipulative and I'm going to get there in a minute. But if you give up your position of power in the relationship, in the interaction, in in the situation, you are going to likely devalue yourself in the person's eyes. So the question we're going to be exploring in today's episode is how do you maintain this position of power? How do you maintain this? um, Yeah, I'll just call it the position of power within the relationship while being honest, while being authentic, while not being manipulative or not trying to hold the upper hand and hold it over that person's head and use their attraction for you against them, right? So, so how do you do this in an authentic way? Because what most people do is when they start trying to be authentic, their power goes out the window. And it's like, if I start being authentic with you, it's just like, I give you all my power. And there's, there's a middle ground. It's, it's right. Like the, those of you who have ever studied Buddhism, a a big, a big, uh, tenet in Buddhism is the middle way, right? And this is something I have found can be applied to absolutely every area of life. The middle way is the position of power. When it comes to dating, people tend to operate on one extreme or the other. They operate on manipulative game playing, you know, holding it over your head, destructive type stuff, or they go all the way over to the other extreme of, I like you, I want you, please pick me. And, and they give all their power away. And so what we're really exploring today is what is the middle way here? How do you find the middle way 
where you retain your position of power. You're able to show up in the relationship powerfully. You're able to earn the, the person's respect. You're able to manage these power dynamics in a, in a powerful way while also being real, genuine, open-hearted, authentic. That's the question. And so if we're going to go back to the, to the title, don't chase men, right? Don't chase men, the surprising power dynamics in early dating and how to manage them. So if we just start with that title and just start with the idea, don't chase men, right? Well, so what I'm speaking into in that title is I'm speaking into one of the most obvious ways that I see women giving their power away in early dating. And it is by making yourself overly available, overly accessible, being a yes to everything he wants all the time. And, you know, what I want to say about this is there's a certain experience that a man needs to have when he's dating you. There's a certain experience. There's something he needs to feel. And I'm going to, I'm going to describe it like this. It's like, he needs to feel like he just found the golden ticket, right? If you, if you imagine like the, the Willy Wonka and the chocolate bars, if those of you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like in the Willy Wonka movie, there was this golden ticket, right? And it was, it was inside one in a million chocolate bars and you'd win a ticket to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, right? He needs to feel like he just found the golden ticket. He needs to feel like he just found something that isn't easy to find. Like he needs to feel like he just found like, oh, like my once in a lifetime person, like this, this amazing woman. And I don't come across a woman like this every day. In fact, it's, it, I don't know if I've ever met a woman like this, but what I do know is that what I'm feeling with her and what I'm experiencing with her and what I am desiring in this relationship right now is, is getting me so excited that I don't want to ever let this go. Like, I don't want to let this person get away from me. And so when you're dating a man in the early stages, you want to hold yourself as though you are this ultimate prize. Now, please forgive me. I know like that, that language might be a little heavy handed and I'm not talking about like a prize that you win from a gumball machine. Okay. So please, I, I don't mean that to devalue you in any way. I, I actually quite the opposite, right? Like, like it is the ultimate value. Like it is the ultimate thing. Like if he, if he were able to somehow have you choose him. Like that would be like the ultimate reward in his life. And he wants to work and strive to show you that he is deserving of that. Okay, this is what a man needs to feel in order to want to commit. Now, I want to say like there are, because people always say, well, I know, you know, my my mom and dad didn't feel that way and they committed for life. Okay, well, I would ask you, like, do you want the relationship that your mom and dad have? Like, look, I get it. I remember my buddy told me this story. I, like, you can't make this shit up, okay? My buddy told me this story where he was officiating a wedding 
for a friend of his. Okay, so he was the officiant. His friend was getting married. And they're having a big party the night before the wedding. And, you know, everybody's dancing and partying. It's the night before the wedding. Everyone's having a great time. In the middle of the party, the bride and groom get in a fight. And the bride punches the groom in the face. Okay, night before the wedding... They get in a fight and the bride punches the groom in the face. And so the whole party breaks up. And now my buddy is with his friend and a bunch of the other guys that were in the wedding party. And they're talking to him and they're like, dude, like, you don't have to go through with this. Like, if you guys are not ready to get married, that's okay. You don't have to go through with this. And you know what the guy said? He goes, fuck it. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So I get it. And I, I tell that story just to simply say, I get it that people get married for all kinds of reasons. Okay, people get married because we've been together for five years and we got nothing better going on. We get married because we made a couple kids together and we should just get married because we had the kids, right? So people get married for all kinds of reasons. But I'm thinking that my listeners or those of you who are live with me today, right, or the people who are in my audience, like you don't want someone who's just going to commit to you because there's nothing better to do, right? You don't want someone who's just going to commit to you because you've been together for a few years and made a baby. And it's like, fuck it. I don't, I'm not really in love. I'm not really, I'm not really in the deepest part of my heart wanting to create something with you. And that's why I'm committing, right? I'm, I'm committing because it's like from the bottom of my heart, Like, this is the deepest desire of my life is to build something with you. Not just doing it because I got nothing better to do, right? So when I'm talking about this experience that a man needs to have to want to make that commitment, I'm talking about like the ultimate commitment, right? Like from the bottom of my heart, from the deepest part of my being, like you are the woman I want to choose for my life. Like, I want to build a life with you. I want to build my dreams with you. For a man to make that choice, he needs to feel like you are the ultimate reward. And in order for him to feel like you are the ultimate reward, you've got to hold yourself as that ultimate reward. Now, I'm going to talk about how to do that in a moment, but I want to just address a comment that came in here. Because, you know, I love it when you, when you drop these comments because it just makes it so easy to clarify some of these points. So thank you for those of you who dropped the comments and please keep them coming. So this comment is from Janice Makeup. She says, when you don't really like them, it's easy to play hard to get. Totally different when you are dying to see them. Not so easy to play hard to get. Okay, let me be clear here. I am not talking about playing hard to get. And this is, if, if, if you remember with what I started with, and I know Janice, you may not have been on when we got started, but I was talking about how to maintain the position of power while being completely authentic. You're not playing anything. This is real for you. This is you not pretending to be the ultimate reward. It is you being the ultimate reward. I remember, um, there's a, some of you may know who Ram Das is. If you've ever heard of Ram Das, he's one of my greatest teachers. I mean, I've been, I've been studying Ram Das for many years and he's been one of the greatest teachers in my life. And, um, 
he tells a story. I've heard him tell the story a few times. And this is when he was in India and he had met a guru in India and he was studying with this guru. And the guru said to him, Ram Das, tell the truth and love everyone. Right? He said, tell the truth and love everyone. And Ram Das struggled with this for months because he's, he's going, I'm trying to love everyone, but that's not true. And I'm trying to tell the truth, but the truth is I don't love everyone. And so he's fighting with this and he's wrestling with this. And, and he finally got so mad that he's like, fuck it. If I can't love everyone, I'm just going to tell the truth. And he just started telling everyone the truth. And he's like, you're a useless piece of crap and you disgust me. I can't even stand the sight of you. Right? So he just started telling everyone the truth because he couldn't find a way to love everyone. And I'll make a long story short here, but, but the point he got to was that his guru was not speaking to the person he was in that moment. The guru was speaking to the person that he saw inside of him. And he was saying, there is a possibility inside of you that you don't see right now, but I see it. Where you can love everyone and tell the truth. And loving everyone can be the truth for you. So I'm saying something very similar right now. I'm not saying pretend to be the ultimate reward, play hard to get, if you do that, you're going to fuck it up. Like, I'm just going to tell you right now. Those of you who go out there and you try to play hard to get, you're going to fuck it up. You're going to come off looking like a fool. Your cover's going to be blown. They're going to see it all for what it is, and they're going to lose interest. That's just the truth. That's what happens when you try to play hard to get. So I'm not talking about playing hard to get. But, but those of you who are thinking that I'm talking about playing hard to get, you've got to recognize I'm not talking to the current version of you who can only see the possibility of playing hard to get. I'm talking about a greater version of you that I'm inviting you to step into right now where you can own your power and have it be completely authentic. Where it's not a game at all. Where you're not playing anything. You are just being your truth. I'm not pretending to be the ultimate reward to get you to like me. I am the ultimate reward. And you need to show up and earn this relationship with me. Two very different places to operate from. So let's talk about this. How do you create this experience when you're dating a man? And let's say you really like him. Let's say physically you're attracted to him. You think he's just the sexiest guy you've ever met. He's got great, you know, language and just he knows what to say. He knows how to carry himself. He says the things you want to hear. It feels really good, right? You are dying to see him, as the, as the comment said from Janice, right? You are dying to see him. It's not so easy when you're dying to see him, right? So in a situation like that, how do you hold yourself? as the ultimate reward that he needs to earn, that he needs to work for, that he needs to show up for? Well, the first thing, and now we're going to talk about the internal work, okay? Because the first thing that needs to happen is you need to get to a place in your own growth where you are not impressed by pretty people. So let's just start with that one. You got to get to a place in your own growth 
where somebody being pretty or, you know, for a man handsome or sexy or attractive and being a smooth talker, that that's not enough to impress you. Okay, I'm going to say this, and, and please understand that I say this with love. I say this with love. I say this with compassion. I say this with a really strong commitment to you having the life and love that you deserve. If all it takes for you is a pretty person with a smooth talk to show up and you're hooked, if that's all it takes, you're operating at like a middle school level consciousness right now. And I say that with love. I say that with commitment to your to the life and love that you deserve. Like I'm, I'm on your team here, okay? But if that's all it takes to get you hooked, you're living at like a middle school level consciousness. And the problem with that is, is like, I don't have a problem with you living at that level of consciousness. You can live at any level of consciousness that you want to. But the problem is, is you are going to be consistently disempowered by operating at that level of consciousness. Because time and time again, some handsome, smooth talking guy is going to show up and you're going to be hooked and he's going to have the absolute power over you. And you're going to fall flat on your face in this relationship. So you want to go from the place of sexy, smooth talking guy shows up and I'm hooked to sexy, smooth talking guy shows up and I'm interested. But now I need you to show me who you really are. Okay, think about it like this. It's like the sexy, smooth talking guy. That's just the first tier, right? You didn't. You didn't get me by being a sexy, smooth talker. You didn't get me. You just got my attention. Now I'm going, okay, let's see what you have to offer. Right? You stood out from the crowd, right? Out of all the, out of all the guys maybe you were talking to or interested in or chatting with, this one stood out, right? They had looks that attracted you. They had some game. They were able to talk. They were able to say the right things. They were able to get you interested, right? But now it's like, okay, show me who you are. Show me what you have to offer. Show me if you can offer me enough to make me want to take the next step. To make me want to take this a step further. So I see a comment now. The body is hooked. It has its own life sometimes. Well, honey, I, I say this with love. That, sh that reveals the level of consciousness that you're operating at. Okay, now I, I get it. The body has its needs. The body has its sensations. But your level of consciousness can either allow the body to direct it or it can reel the body back in. And see, this has to do, and I know like it might seem, it might seem difficult to make this leap if you don't see it, but this really has to do with worthiness. Because like you've got to understand, like this is how the body works. The body is a machine that is designed to survive. 
The body is a machine that is designed to survive. And so the body is constantly looking for ways to perpetuate its own survival. One of the ways it does that is by being hooked sexually to another person. Okay, that, that's, that is a way that evolutionarily speaking and biologically speaking, the body feels that it is perpetuating its own survival, is by being sexually connected to another person. That is a way the body feels that it is getting its needs met. Now, as human beings, we're, we're in a really interesting stage of evolution because we have these very primitive animal-type bodies with a very evolved, or, or I should say potentially evolved, state of consciousness. The consciousness has the potential to be highly evolved, but the body does not. And when we allow our body to direct our consciousness, we're constantly chasing these hits of dopamine. We're constantly chasing these hits of approval. Like me, pick me, want me, think I'm sexy, think I'm attractive, call me, text me. Right? That is the body. Like, that is these little chemical hits in your brain that are desperate for another hit. Just give me one more hit of approval, of validation, of thinking I'm sexy, of thinking I'm attractive, of liking me. Just give me one more hit because every time I get that little chemical hit of dopamine, it makes me feel safe. It makes me feel secure. It makes me feel like I'm enough. It makes me feel like I'm worthy. But you see, what you've got to do is you've got to elevate your consciousness to a state where it can see beyond that next hit of dopamine, where it can see beyond that next instant gratification, where the body just wants who it wants. And it can, like, you can actually bring your consciousness to a place where you can see the big picture, where you can see that, okay, I'm going to get that hit of validation. I'm going to get that little bit of attention. I'm going to get that touch or that intimacy or that sex. But then only a short period of time later, I'm going to feel empty again. Right? When I know, because ladies, like, you know this. You know what it feels like when a man respects you and when he doesn't. But you choose to allow that little bit of disrespect because you think you can trade it for something you want. I'm going to trade a little bit of disrespect for a little bit of attention. I'm going to trade a little bit of disrespect for a little bit of validation. I'm going to trade a little bit of disrespect for some touch or some sex or some intimacy. And you think you're doing that and getting something you want from it. But what you've got to realize is only a short period of time later you feel empty again. And so what you've got to do is you've got to raise your consciousness above the level of the body, right? You've got to be able to see the big picture. You've got to see the body craving those hits of dopamine, craving that touch, craving that validation. 
and say to yourself, that is not the answer. That is not the answer. Yes, those things, you know, that that touch, that being held, that being loved, that having someone make love to you in a deep and real way when it, when it actually means something, that's the most amazing thing in the world. That is definitely worth having. But you've got to realize it's only worth having when it's done like that. And when you, when you try to take the fast and the easy way there, you're always left empty on the other side of it. So first thing you got to do is raise your consciousness, raise your awareness to this level where you're not allowing the body to direct the consciousness, but the consciousness is directing the body. And then what you're going to start to see is you're going to start to see all these needs emerging, right? Needs to be touched, needs to be held, needs to be validated, needs for attention or approval, right? You're going to see all these needs emerging where before these needs were so automatic and so unconscious that they were just, you weren't even aware of them. They were just happening so fast and so automatically and they were telling you what to do and you were listening and it was all happening so fast and so unconsciously that you couldn't even see it. Those of you who say the body has a mind of its own or those of you who say, I just can't do it when I'm really into the person, when I really like them, I lose all control. This is what's happening to you. I want you to really get it. I'm going to say that again. Those of you who say, I can't do it when I really like someone. When I really like someone, I lose all control. Or those of you who say that, you know, the body has a mind of its own. I just can't help myself sometimes. I just need it so much. If that's, if that's your reality right now, if that's what you're experiencing, and, and I get it, that's valid. That's real. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying there's another level of growth for you. Because what's happening is your bodily needs are happening so quickly. Your survival needs are happening so quickly and on such an unconscious level that they are running your life and you have no power. There's a subtle desperation in that that you might not even be aware of, but it's like chasing and chasing and chasing, just trying to find something that's going to make me feel better. Just trying to find something that's going to make me feel safe. It's going to make me feel whole. It's going to make me feel okay. It's going to make me feel enough. And you can never find that in that way. As long as these unconscious needs are running the show, you'll be chasing them for the rest of your life. Like, do you really understand that? Like, this is, this is actually the, the struggle. And, and we make the struggle about so many other things. We say, oh, it's impossible to meet someone on the dating apps. It's not. 
Actually, you can meet lots and lots of people on the dating apps. You know, we say there are just no good men out there, just no good women out there. Just, you know, it, it's this modern world and it's just this modern, like it's it's this modern hookup culture. And that's the problem. Like we make the problem so many things, but but do you understand this is really the problem? The problem is that all of this is happening on such an unconscious level. And it's constantly taking you in the direction that you don't want to go. And it's like, it's, it's basically dispersing all of your energy. So it's out there. So it's exhausted. So you don't have it. So it's not reined in. So it's not within your power. And then you feel depleted. You feel tired. You feel beat up. You feel like, I don't even want to look at another dating app. I don't even want to talk to another guy. Well, I wouldn't either. I get it. I get it. You don't want to when it's happening like that. And so the first part is really to to see the big picture, to start to really understand what works and what doesn't work. So I've talked a lot about what doesn't work. Now, what is it that works? What works is having my power reined in, having my energy reined in, having it within me rather than constantly outward, being put out, being exhausted, being spread everywhere, right? Rather than constantly having it exhausted, it's reined in. It's inside of me. I'm holding it. It's within my power. And then I'm discerning about how I use it, when I use it, why I use it. In the Inspired Love Program, which, by the way, I want to make sure to put this in here because uh, we are opening for enrollment at the beginning of June, and I know many of you have reached out and expressed your interest in the program. So we are going to be opening up for enrollment at the beginning of June. And um, I mean, we just finished the last one a few weeks ago, and it is just powerful, the work we do in there and, and just the openings that are created. It it is just, it's so, so incredible. So amazing. So we're opening up for enrollment at the beginning of June. And I just want to start putting that out there now because, um, you know, there is, there's a limited amount of calls we can accommodate and just, you know, the people who want to be in the program, it's important that you take the initiative to get moving quickly, get your calls booked to make sure you can, you know, get your call in time and get in there because we're hosting a lot of calls. Um, there, there is a lot of interest in the program and it just, you know, we want to make sure we can get to everyone, which is why we need to get things moving early. But that being said, just wanted to put that in there because we are opening here in a couple of weeks. But in the Inspired Love Program, when we talk about dating, we talk about dating strategy, we talk about how to manage your energy and like being discerning with your energy. And one of the things I say in there is don't use, don't be on a dating app for more than 30 minutes a day, right? People say dating apps suck. I hate them. They're, they're impossible. And yet you spend like seven hours a day on it. Like, no, cut it to a minimum. Be very intentional about how you use it, why you use it and get off of it, right? So being discerning about how you use your energy being discerning about how who you talk to, when you talk to them, why you talk to them, for how long you talk to them, and requiring this person to prove themselves every step of the way, to earn the relationship every step of the way. 
So let's just talk about how this would look. If you, let's say you meet someone on a dating app. Okay. Now, like I, I coach a lot of women and a lot of, especially people who are using dating apps. And one of the, one of the primary mistakes I see is a lot of women just chat with any guy who messages them, or at least a lot of guys who message them. And a lot of women are stressing out going, how do I get him to ask me out? He hasn't asked me out yet. When's he going to ask me out? We've been pen pals for the last six weeks. Why hasn't he asked me out? Like, like there's a certain point where you're like, he's either going to take the initiative or he's not. And I'm not giving him infinite opportunity to do it. Right. You could even say like, you could even say, I've said this many times. And, and I, I honestly, I think it's flirty. I think it's a little funny. I think it, it would either get someone moving or get him out of your life. But one way or the other, it would work. It would get the job done, right? So if you're on a dating app with someone and you're chatting back and forth for, and it just seems like it's going on endlessly, you just say to them like, listen, I've enjoyed our conversation. It's been a lot of fun talking, but I'm getting a little bored waiting for you to ask me out. And you could even include some kind of emoji, like a winky face or a smiley face or something, right? But, it, it, but the message, and you're being flirty and you're being cute and you're being funny about it. But the message is like, dude, Make your move or get out of my life. But I am not someone who is just available for to meet all your whims. If you just want a pen pal, or if you just want someone to make this easy for you, or if you just want someone like, right? Like I'm not available for all that. I'm, a, I'm only available for someone who is intentional, for someone who knows what they want, and for someone who is ready to show up and make the effort to create it. That's what I'm available for. If I see someone showing up in any other kind of way, I lose interest. And this, this comes out of being connected to your worth, being connected to your value. And when you really get it that like, first of all, I'm awesome. I, I contribute amazing value to a relationship. Someone would be lucky to end up with me. Like when I look out in the dating pool and I see all the people that are out there, I get it that I'm the kind of person someone would be lucky to end up with. Okay, so that's the first connection you've got to make. You've got to really see that clearly. And like, I just want to say, like for those of you who are listening to this podcast, for those of you who are tuning into these conversations, to, for those of you who are learning and growing, and making yourself better, like it's probably not a stretch for that to be a completely honest statement. Like if you, if you are someone who is learning and growing and making yourself better, that alone puts you above 90% of the dating pool right there. So for most of you, it's not that you lack value. You probably have incredible value, but you don't recognize it. You don't see it clearly. You haven't owned it. And that's why you fall into these stupid games. You see, usually when someone comes to me and they say, I'm exhausted by dating, I'm exhausted by dating apps, I just, I can't even think about it, I can't even focus on it, it's just, it's a nightmare. Like when someone tells me that and I start asking them questions about, okay, well, tell me what you do. Tell me what a typical day looks like for you. What that person is doing, and a lot of you are going to, this is going to ring true for a lot of you when I say this, what that person is doing is investing 90% of their energy 
in interactions with people that are going nowhere. So people that are popping in and out of their life with no consistency and they're sitting around waiting for that person to text or call again. Dull, mundane conversations on dating apps that are not exciting, that are not inspiring, that are not getting my juices flowing. But it's something. It's something happening. You see, when, when I hear somebody who is exhausted by dating or who is struggling with dating or is, who, is, who is really frustrated and defeated by it, the reason we get like that is because we are so afraid of having nothing happen that we fill up all our space with empty, useless stuff and then we feel exhausted and then we feel defeated and then we feel depleted. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm coaching someone on this, so if, if I were to start coaching someone and they're, you know, maybe this person, they come to me and they have a couple dudes that are popping in and out of their life inconsistently, showing them no real commitment, but they're still entertaining them. And they're on dating apps and they're, you know, entertaining conversations with all these guys that are not intentionally moving things forward, that are not showing like curiosity and asking questions and like genuinely trying to get to know you, right? Like it's just emptiness, just filling all the space with emptiness. Well, first thing I would do is say, you got to cut all this out of your life. You've got to cut all of this out of your life. You've, You've got to start recognizing what is worthless and letting it go. And when you recognize what is worthless and you let it go, that is a statement of worthiness. Right? When you see, okay, I've been entertaining this guy who's calling me last minute, not making any plans, not being consistent, you know, goes dark for six days and then pops out of the blue, wants to hang out. Right? Like, like I've been entertaining this, hoping it's going to go somewhere, exhausting my energy, letting this person basically being an energy vampire. Whenever they get a little hungry, they just call me up, take some of my energy and run off with it without giving anything in return. And then I wonder why I feel exhausted. Right? So you got to cut that out of your life. And the moment you start cutting worthless things out of your life, you start to feel more worthy. But then you have to confront a different kind of emptiness. Whereas before you had an emptiness that was very busy and it was very full and it was occupying a lot of your thought and a lot of your energy and a lot of your time. Now you're going to confront a different kind of emptiness. Now you're going to confront an emptiness where nothing is happening. And the struggle that I've I've experienced with many clients around this is when we cut all this worthless things out of your life, all of a sudden nothing is happening. You're not talking to anyone. There's no interest. There's just nothing. And that nothing scares you so much. You're so afraid to have nothing happening. And you, you feel the lack of those dopamine hits of every time you would get a text message and your whole body would go, <gasps> yay, they texted me, yay, right? You're feeling a lack of those dopamine hits. You're feeling a lack of those little jolts of validation. Yay, I'm enough, they want me, yay, right? That's missing now. You're not feeling that anymore. 
and now it feels empty. And it feels like death. And I want to say this for everyone. Before you can get to the other side, you've got to confront that death. You've got to confront that nothingness. Because what's actually happening in that space where before all your energy was occupied, all your energy was absorbed, all your energy was being depleted, was being sucked out of you. Now you're, what, what the space of nothing actually is, is you're regathering your energy. You're bringing it back into you and it keeps wanting to go out. It keeps telling you, get on the dating app. Maybe you should reach out to that guy. Maybe you should reach out to your ex. Maybe, you know, like it, it just, anything, like just get something happening. And your energy keeps wanting to go out. And what you're actually doing in that period of nothingness is you are learning how to hold your energy in your body without constantly letting it go out of you. And you are learning to feel safe with that. You are learning to feel comfortable holding that. That's really your power. And when your power is not being exhausted, it stays inside of you. And now you're learning to feel comfortable holding that power. I saw a question. Somebody said, what do I, what do, I do with a prolonged period of loneliness? How do I handle a prolonged period, or not loneliness, emptiness or nothingness, right? How do I handle a prolonged period of nothingness? You stay in it. You be with it. You start to let it be okay for nothing to be happening. Because you see, this is the part that you haven't gotten to yet. Is when you can be okay with nothing happening, when you can be happy and at peace and grateful with nothing happening, all of a sudden someone comes into your life and you don't feel this desperation around them anymore. Because you're like, I've been okay with nothing for a while now. I could do it for longer. And you start to find other ways of validating yourself. You know, so you might say, okay, I did my 30 minutes on the dating app. I'm done. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and be on the dating app all night, right? I did my 30 minutes. I'm done. I'm not talking to anyone right now. There's no one calling me. So maybe I'll go take a class or maybe I'll read a book or maybe I'll do something creative. Maybe I'll do an art project or I'll make some music. Maybe I'll learn how to play a musical instrument. Maybe I'll go to the gym and work out. Maybe I'll write, but in the space of the nothingness, you start to find other ways of validating yourself. You start to find ways to feel comfortable and fulfilled within your life without constantly having the validation of someone being romantically interested in you. And all of this that I'm talking about right now, like this is all worthiness growth. Right When you let go of the need to be externally validated. And we all like external validation, okay? Like, look, you're never going to transcend that need. 
look, when my wife wants me, which isn't all the time, but it is sometimes, right? When she wants me and I feel that validation, it's amazing, right? Like that's never going to leave me. I'm never going to lose that. But the fact is, she doesn't always want me. Sometimes she wants to play Mario Kart. And in those spaces when I'm not always wanted, I need to be okay. I need to be okay. And that's something I had to grow into before I met my wife so that I could bring that energy to our relationship rather than bringing the energy of, I need you to want me to our relationship. So in the space of the nothingness, you find new ways of validating yourself. You find new ways of recognizing that enoughness in you. You find new ways of expressing yourself, of loving yourself, of honoring yourself, and you build up a security where you say, like, I don't need anyone to make anything in my life better. But I do want a partner. And so I'm looking for someone who's going to show up ready to build a partnership. And with each person I meet, I'm evaluating them on that basis. I don't care how sexy they are. I mean, obviously I want to be attracted to them. And I always say to everyone, like, find someone you're attracted to. Okay. You don't have to, you don't have to go find someone you're not attracted to. Find someone you're attracted to. But attraction is just, that's just the first tier. Okay. I'm attracted to you. Let's talk. Let me get an idea of who you are. But I'm evaluating you not based on the fact that I'm attracted to you. I'm evaluating you based on the degree to which we want the same things and the degree to which you are showing up prepared to create that with me. So let's bring it back to the topic, right? Never chase a man. So how does this look for a woman dating a man? And I've talked about some of the internal work. I've talked about a little bit of the journey, the process of evolution, the stages of growth, right? I've talked about some of that, but how does it actually look when you're doing it? So let's, let's just lay down a few ground rules first. I, I said earlier, 30 minutes a day on the dating app you know, being very selective about who you talk to on dating apps, right? I always say in person, you can be a little more generous, give people a little more of a chance. On dating apps, be quick to cut people off. Cut out all the, hey, what's up people? You know, all, all the people that get on there and they say, hey, what's up? How are you? Hi, right? It's like those of you who message me on Instagram and you're like, hi, you're not getting a response. Sorry. Like I have way too many messages coming in to respond to people who say hi. If you want, if you want to get a response from me on Instagram, you gotta, you gotta like say something, get to the point, make it pertinent, make it meaningful. And if you don't, like you're not getting a response. Well, be that way on dating apps, right? Get to the point, say something meaningful, say something good, 
show your interest. If not, you're not getting a response from me. You know, when you're talking to someone, there's just a really clear, like, yes, at times you'll need to communicate. At times you'll need to say, I would like a little more of this. I would like a little less of this. Do you think we could do this? Do you think we could work on this? Do you think we could have things be more this way? Sometimes you'll need to have those conversations. But what I want you to really get is that when you embody this energy that I'm describing here, like when you really own this, like as I said in the beginning, like you own yourself as the ultimate reward that he needs to show up and earn that reward. And again, this isn't a game. I'm not saying to play hard to get. I'm saying really get that about yourself. Like all the ladies out there, like really get that about yourself. That when a man merges his life with you, his life is about to get monumentally better than it ever has before. Like really own that about yourself. Really own that like you are the ultimate gift that a man could have in his life. Like when he brings you in, he just won the lottery. And look, I, I mean, I've, I, I've talked to many, many married men about this. And I'm not just talking about people who are married, but people who are actually lovingly committed in their marriage. Across the board, hands down, every married man who is like really lovingly married reports this as an absolute truth. Their life has gotten monumentally better in every way since they met their wife. So own that. Own that like you are this incredible gift that is going to come into some man's life and you are going to make it better than it has ever been before. And so when, when it comes to dating, like you're, you're present to that. You're aware of that. Right? So it's not like let me go try to find someone and prove myself to them and hopefully they'll love me. No, it's like, I know who I am. I know what you're getting when you get me. So you got to show me that you deserve it. And when you come from that place, when you really own that energy, what I want to say is that like, yes, you'll need to communicate about things sometimes. But 90% of the communication is going to be nonverbal. You're not going to need to say, I would really like it if you'd be a little more consistent with me. Because he's going to get it that I don't want to fuck this up with this amazing woman. Like, I want to keep her in my life. So I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to show her she can rely on me. I'm going to show her that she can trust me. I'm going to show her that I deserve this relationship with her. And you won't even have to tell him to do that. He's just going to get it based on who you are. Based on how you carry yourself. Now, there might be times when you need to set boundaries. You know, like I would say a couple of things that you want to cut out here. Last minute hangouts, nope, sorry. 
you want my time? You got you to gotta plan in advance. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I have plans. I'm going to sit down and make dinner and watch a show. Sorry, I have plans tonight. You're going to need to schedule with me in advance. That's a way of communicating value. Okay, I'm not available on your terms at the drop of a dime when you want. I'm available with proper preparation and attention given. Now, I'm not saying to be a jerk. I'm not saying to make him bend over backwards to get a date with you. Be a yes. Be an enthusiastic yes. Be a, I'm really excited to see you. That sounds great. I'm really looking forward to this. But you're going to need to plan with me in advance. You know, so last minute hangouts are not a go. Inconsistency. Like, it's not a go. Like, if if this guy does the, like, popping in and out of your life thing, you could say something one time. You know, you might say one time, like, hey, I, I, it's been a few days since I hear from you. And if we're, or it's it's been a few days since I've heard from you. And if we're going to keep seeing each other, I'd like you to stay in touch a little more regularly. And you can even add in there, and I'll try to do the same. You might say that one time. If he doesn't get it, you just lose interest. And like, I know the biggest hang up here because I know like a lot of you, even as I'm saying this, you already know what to do. I mean, I'm not the first person who said these things. You already know what to do. You already know how to carry yourself as someone of high value. The problem is, is that you don't believe it. And so when it comes time to do it, it feels like playing hard to get. Because everything in your body wants to let them have you. And you're trying to hold yourself back. Don't do it. And that is a stage. That is a stage in the process. So it's okay if you're there. Like, I'm not saying it's wrong to be there. But I'm saying, start looking at growing beyond that. Because when you get to the level, when you get to the level that I'm talking about here, where you're not, you're not trying to do it, you're not trying to make yourself do it because you know it's the right thing and you got to play hard to get so he doesn't get the wrong idea. That's really hard. That's really exhausting. Like I said earlier, if you try to do that, you're going to fuck it up because nobody's that good at acting. But when you get to the place where you're not playing hard to get, you're just simply doing what is authentic for you, what is true for you. No, I'm not going to see you last minute. Why? Because it doesn't feel good to me to let you see me last minute. What feels good to me is when you make your interest known ahead of time, is when you put the thought and consideration into making a plan and making a commitment with me, and then following through on that commitment. That's what feels good to me. Wanting me to be available just to meet your whims, 
That doesn't feel good. That feels grimy for me. And so I'm not going to do it. Right? Like the, the sitting around and waiting for you to text and call because you're so fucking inconsistent, like that just doesn't feel good to me. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sit around and wait for you to text or call. Either you be consistent or you be out of my life. But I will not sit around, spend my days waiting for you. Because that doesn't feel good to me. You see, what I'm, what I'm doing here is I'm simply pointing you in the direction of honoring your truth. And many of you are in different stages, right? Some of you may be a little closer to what I'm talking about right now. Some of you might be a little farther away from what I'm talking about. You might be in different stages and that's okay. But in the, in the lowest stage of this, in the, in the lowest stage of consciousness around this, you have a lot of fears and anxieties that are causing you to dishonor your truth that are causing you to act out in behaviors that are dishonoring to yourself. You see, like letting someone dishonor you, as I said earlier, like trading that little bit of disrespect for a little bit of validation, right? That is a fear-based approach. That is an anxiety-based approach. That's a bargain you make to try to mitigate your anxiety, but it only creates more anxiety long-term. And all I'm talking about growing into here is letting go of this anxiety approach, letting go of this fear-based approach, and moving into approach, moving into an approach where you simply honor what's true for you. I don't maintain relationships with inconsistent people because it doesn't feel good. I don't make myself available for you last minute because it doesn't feel good. I don't carry on endless conversations on dating apps with people that aren't asking me out because it doesn't feel good. And I love myself enough to honor myself in that way. To make choices that boost my sense of confidence and my sense of worthiness rather than diminish it rather than take away from. You know, growing into this feels so good and feels so natural. Once you get to the other side of the anxiety. And those of you who feel stuck in this right now, you know who you are. Those of you who feel really stuck in this, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, then I'm going to take some questions. And if you have questions, go ahead, drop them in the chat. I'll get to them momentarily. For those of you who are feeling stuck with this, I want you to really get it. That the only thing you have to do is work through this little period of emptiness this little period of nothingness, this little period of anxiety 
You've just got to stay strong through that period. And on the other side of it, it gets easy. So when you're in that emptiness, that loneliness, that nothingness, and you want so badly to go back to those behaviors to get those little hits of dopamine, those little hits of validation, but you know in your heart that's not going to serve you, you know in your heart that's not going to let you be the person you want, it's not going to let you meet the person you want, just gently love yourself through that. Just talk to yourself. It's okay. We're going to get through this. It's not going to last forever. We're growing right now. We're growing into a greater possibility of who we can be. Let's just get through this, right? You can talk yourself through it. You can lovingly talk yourself through it. And then after you've given yourself that loving little pep talk, you can find other ways to validate yourself. Find other places to go with it. Find other non-romantic ways to express your value. And I gave a bunch of examples earlier. I'm not going to go into it again. But this is the work right here. This is the work. It's, it's, it's making the leap from here to here. And once you're there, it's not a game anymore. It's not you playing hard to get. It's just who you are. I'm just honoring myself. I'm not playing any game. I'm not proving anything to anyone. I'm just being myself, loving myself, honoring myself, and making sure that you do the same. All right. All right. So with that, I'm going to open up for some questions here. Uh, Those of you who have questions, go ahead, drop them in the chat. I'll take as many as I can today. I'm just going to take a moment, look through here, see what comments have come in. Okay, this question is from Megabell. She says, any tips for not fixating on dating? I live a full life and I have lots of hobbies, passions, and friends, but I still find myself constantly looking for a partner in the back of my mind. So you have a full life, lots of passions, lots of friends, lots of hobbies. You love your life. It sounds like you're an awesome person doing awesome things, but you still find yourself constantly looking for a partner in the back of your mind, right? Constantly wondering, when am I going to find them? How am I going to find them? Where are they? Why haven't I found them yet? When is it going to happen? I mean, I want to say like to a degree, it's normal. So... I mean, like, I think back to when I was single and there was definitely in me, like if I was invited to a party or if I was going to an event or anything like that, like anytime I was going to be around people, there's always a thought in the back of my mind, like maybe I'll meet someone. Right. And I mean, to a degree, I think that's healthy. Like, I don't think we want to be completely disconnected from that. But then there's like, then there's like the, the over attention on it, right? Of like constantly being on the prowl, feeling a sense of emptiness or a sense of desperation. And I think it's, you know, it's easy. Like if you imagine there's a spectrum, right? And there's a spectrum where on one end of it, it's like, I don't even think about dating. 
it doesn't even occur to me. I'm just so into my life and what I'm doing that dating and relationships never even occurs to me. I'm not looking for anyone, right? That's like one spectrum. And then there's another spectrum where it's like, it's all I think about. It's all I can, it's all I can do. It's everywhere I go. I constantly feel alone. I constantly feel unworthy. I constantly feel like I'm never going to find anyone. Like it's never going to happen. Right. So they're like these two ends of the spectrum. Well, we want to, we want to find a middle way, right? Because I would say both ends of these spectrum or both, yeah, both ends of the spectrum are probably not going to find the relationship they really truly want. Right? Like the person who's just so focused on other things that they're not even connected to it, they're probably going to be focused on other things and be disconnected from it and do that. And until they get connected from it, until they get connected to it, it's probably not going to happen for them. And same thing on the other end of the spectrum, right? Like those people that are so desperate for it, like it's probably not going to happen for them either because they're just going to keep hitting a wall with it. All their efforts are going to be like unfounded. So you want to find this middle path of like, I want to meet someone. I'm excited to meet someone. I'm connected to the lovey, intimate, juicy, romantic part of myself, right? Like that has expression in my life. And I'm also, while that is all there and while I am present to it, I'm, I'm also still behaving and conducting myself in a way that is honoring to me, right? So it's like, I have the desire. I have the interest. I hold that in my heart. I know it's unfolding for me. I know it's happening. I'm excited about it. And at the same time, I'm not behaving in a desperate way. I'm not allowing that desire to go so far that it brings me to a place of desperation. And so you're kind of walking a tightrope in a sense. This is the middle path. And and I would say like, you know, I I think in any area of life, I said this earlier, like it's, it's an idea that comes from Buddhism, the middle way, the middle path. It's, it's something the Buddha taught. And, it's, you know, like, I, I think it's, it's kind of the perfect answer to every situation, but it's also the perfect challenge to every situation because it's so easy to be thrown to one extreme or the other. It's so easy to be thrown to one extreme or the other. And when you're walking this middle path, It's kind of like you have to have both extremes within you and be able to integrate them within yourself in a powerful way. And so it, it, it does require like a a level of mastery that the extremes don't require. You know, it's easy to operate in the extremes, but it's disempowering. It's more challenging to operate in the middle, but it's more empowering. Now, I want to just give a couple examples here. So the question is, you know, I have a full life. I have passions. I have hobbies. I have friends, but I still find that I fixate on a relationship and I struggle with that, right? How to not do that? Well, I would say a couple things. One, keep your hobbies, keep your passions, keep your friends 
let those be the biggest focus in your life, right? Like let, let most of your energy go towards those things. And keep a, keep a space in your heart where you are open to dating, where you are interested, where you are looking, where you are like feeling that it's going to happen. And, and like you feel that you're on your way to it and you're excited about it. And give that ways of expression as well. So a couple ways to do that are like watch romantic comedies. I mean, they're incredibly unrealistic and they don't really give you a healthy idea of love, but they do allow you to connect to that feeling, right? So it's okay to watch them as long as you're not being as stupid as they are, okay? <laughs> but it's it's okay to like watch them and just feel the feels and connect to that. Like that's a way to give that part of yourself expression. Um, You know, you can like write, write like short love stories, or listen to like audiobooks about it or you know reading like romance or erotic literature like that could be a way to do it and you know there's good and bad in that like some of it's just really trashy and awful and some of it's actually really great but you know so you can find what your fits your taste <laughs> but but um you know like those are ways to give that part of yourself expression something my wife did and I share this in the Inspired Love program. And, and you know, it's something that I, I've always found to just be a really beautiful practice. I recommend it for my clients sometimes is to um, what my wife would do is she would actually write, write to me in her journal. Now, again, she didn't know it was me she was writing to. It was just to her future partner. Right. But she would just and it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm so lonely. I hope I find you. Where are you? Why aren't you here yet? It wasn't that kind of writing, but it was like talking to me as though I was there. And it was like, you know, when we're together, this is what we'll do. This is what our life will be like. This is how we'll talk to each other. This is how we'll be with each other. This is what I imagine our life will be, right? So in, in her own way, she was giving that part of herself expression she was letting that part be felt, letting that part be seen, letting that part be heard. In a way, she was actually having the relationship without actually having it, right? So it wasn't like a desperate thing of like, you're not here and I want you and I'm lonely and where are you? But it was actually like an abundant thing of like, the relationship is here, present with me now, and I'm dialoguing with it. Right. Like, like I am with my partner now and we are dialoguing. So the, the relationship was alive for her in her heart and she was experiencing it and expressing it. So, you know, back to the question is like, find that middle way. It's not, it's not about having one at the exclusion of the other. It's about being able to merge these two. And like this desire you have for love in a relationship, like, that's a very real thing and it's a very beautiful thing. And it's, it's out of that that your love is going to be created. So you don't want to shut that down. You don't want to close that off. You want to have it be there and have it be open. But have a certain relationship with it where you are not disempowered by it. And I think that's really the thing is like, a lot of us just haven't learned 
how to have this desire, have it be alive inside of us and still not be disempowered by it. So that's the, that's the test or the challenge, if you will. That's, that's where the work is here. All right. So great question. Great question. Sending you lots of love. So next question I want to take, this is from Lynn Tritton. Lynn Tritton. I think I got your name right. Um, She says, how many tries should you let someone have to meet your needs? Um, I mean, not that many, honestly. Like, I think it depends a little bit on the situation. You know, like if you have somebody who has really tried and made an honest effort and they make mistakes, but you see them trying, you see them like working, you see them putting the effort in, like they're, they're demonstrating a sincere desire to build something and they are showing up again and again and again, right? Like that person, yeah, if they make mistakes, give them chances. As long as you see them consistently doing their best. I mean, just some obvious things like this means they're calling you and they're texting you. This means they're making plans to see you. It means they're making time to be together. It means they're like, you know, when on the days they can't see you, like maybe they want to talk on the phone or things like that. It also depends a little bit on, you know, if it's your first couple dates or if you've been talking for a few months. So there's definitely some nuance here in terms of who the person is, how they're showing up, where you are in the relationship. But like basically right out of the gate, you know, let's say you go on a first date with someone. Like they're either they're either going to call and text you, call and or text you shortly after that date, like the same night or the next day. They're going to express an interest in seeing you again. You know, again same night or the next day, or they're not. Like if they don't, you have your answer. Like, and it really is that simple. And like, let's go back to what I was saying earlier. Like some of you are so much like, well, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to accept that because the last 10 dates I went on, they didn't call me the next day. And I don't want to have to accept that if they don't call or text me the next day, that's the end. And what I want to say is if you want to have people start calling and texting you the next day, then you first got to get to the place where not doing it is unacceptable to you. You see, you've got you've to make that vibrational shift from being the person who would be willing to tolerate it to becoming the person who is not willing to tolerate it. And when you become the person who is not willing to tolerate it, you have reached a certain energetic and vibrational place where you will attract the people who are not going to show up that way. As long as you're willing to accept it, you are the space to attract the people who are going to be that. And so going back to what I said earlier, like this is where you've got to first choose, I'm not accepting this anymore. Cut that out of your cut that out of your life. Deal with the nothingness and the emptiness that is left when all those people leave your life and grow into a new space where you attract different kinds of people. 
So the question is, how many chances do I give a guy? I mean, really, he's got like one chance. He gets a date with you. And after that date, he's got to show up like, I want to see you again. What are you doing Friday? Can we go out again? Can I see you? You know, he's calling you. He's texting you. Like the, the, the name of this podcast is never chase a man, right? So if he's not pursuing you, well, you have your answer. And yeah, you've got to let it be okay to let them go if they don't start pursuing you. Now, I'll give one one caveat to that. Maybe he didn't text immediately after the date, but he texts you a few days later and he says, hey, sorry, you know, I, I would really like to see you again. I'd like to take you out, right? So, so maybe, he, maybe he has the right response. It's just a few days delayed. Now, I'm going to say I don't love that. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't love that. It's not nearly as good as him showing up the next day. Not nearly as good. But if he's doing the right things, just a few days delayed, you could give him one more chance. And maybe on that date, you even communicate to him that I'm like, I would like it if you want to keep seeing each other to maintain some regular communication right? Please don't just go dark on me for days on end. You know, if we're going to keep this going here, let me know you're still in my life. Let me know you're still around. Even if it's just to say good morning, right? So you could actually say that on the date, but again, you're not chasing him. He's pursuing you. He's asking you out and you have the opportunity when you're out with him to talk about how you would like him to show up, to ask him for what you would like from him. But then once again, it's on him to bring that. So you communicate about it, but he's got to bring it. If he doesn't bring it, you don't chase him. You gave him the chance. You gave him the opportunity. Like, again, like most of the questions would be answered by, if you just simply ask yourself, okay, if I hold myself as the ultimate reward, if I recognized that when this person, when this guy merges his life with me, that his life is about to get better in every conceivable, conceivable way, right? Like I am about to be the best thing that ever happened to this guy. If you are holding yourself like that, how many chances would you give him? That'll answer your question right there. So like you want to think about this, like get yourself into the right mindset, get yourself into the right perspective, and then look at the situation from that perspective and you will find your answer. All right, uh, next question. I dated a guy I really like, and he said there was great potential for us. On the third date, I still hadn't told him that I just recently got divorced. He sensed something and just wanted to be friends. Will and can a guy change his mind? I really like him. Okay, this is great. This is great. Excellent question. So he said he only wants to be friends. 
can he change his mind? And you say you really like him. I want to... Okay, let me say this. My first question to you would be, do you want to be his friend? Like, there were a lot of women I, I went out with. And they um, ultimately said they wanted to be friends. Right? That happened to me quite a few times. And in the beginning, when that would happen to me, I would think, sure, let's be friends. Maybe it'll evolve into something more. What I didn't realize was that what those women were saying to me is that they did not see me as the kind of man that they wanted to be romantically involved with. They liked me. They liked me as a human being. They liked being around me. But they didn't see me as the kind of man that they wanted to be involved with. Now, he's probably saying something similar to you right now. But with men, it's a little more convoluted because, you know, usually when a, when a woman or, or a girl, women mostly, because I was an adult, but happened when I was younger too. But, you know, so when a woman says to a man, I just want to be friends, she probably has no intention of sleeping with him. When a man says to a woman, I just want to be friends, yeah, he just wants to be friends. And if you're up for it, he'll probably sleep with you as much as you want to. So this is where I think it's a little more dangerous because if you really like him and you're doing this, oh, well, we're just going to be friends and maybe it'll evolve into something more. Well, at some point, it's probably going to become sexual. And you're going to get the idea that he wants more than he does. And we're getting into the territory now of allowing him, of, of trading disrespect for validation. Right? I'll let you have access to my life, to my heart, to my body, where you haven't really earned it. And I'm going to hope that by doing that, you will validate right? Dangerous territory. Not really an area you want to get into with someone. So the question is, will and can he change his mind? Well, sure, he could. But what is going to change his mind? One is you holding the friend boundary. You said you wanted to be friends. We're going to be friends. This isn't friends with benefits. This isn't have your cake and eat it too. It's not I'm just going to be available for you in a really casual way. No, it's like, okay, let's hold the friend line. You want to be friends? We can be friends. I'm going to hold the friend line and we can be friends. And as you get to know each other as friends, if a real friendship develops, it's possible that over time attraction could develop as well. That often does happen with male and female friends that are very close and they develop a very strong connection with each other, often feelings do develop there, especially on the side of the man. So that could happen. But I'm concerned about you. And I'm concerned about you asking this question. Because 
if you go into it trying to change his mind, you're not going to be a real friend to him. You're going to be trying to manipulate the friendship to get something you want from the relationship. And that's not cool. If sexual or romantic interest develops, you are probably going to fall into that because of how you're approaching this situation, hoping that he's going to change his mind, really liking him, really wanting something with him. So if the opportunity to become friends with benefits or romantic or, you know, something like that happens, you probably will fall into that. And he is going to lose respect for you as an equal partner. And I want to say, like, it's not that he's going to lose respect for you as a human being. Now, depending on the kind of person he is, he might. Some people... Some people do like disrespect people as human beings, but I'm not talking about that. He might maintain respect for you as a human being, but if you let him basically walk all over you in this relationship, if you let him have his cake and eat it too like that, he's going to see that you are not holding your value in the relationship. He's going to see that you are compromising your value in the relationship. He's going to, he's going to feel that you are allowing him to take privileges in the relationship that he has not rightfully earned. And when he feels that, again, he might respect you as a human being, but he's going to lose respect for you as a partner. And that's where it becomes dangerous. I want to go back to something I said in the beginning. For a man to make the kind of commitment that you want a man to make, right? This isn't the kind of commitment where it's like, we've been together for five years and we had a baby, so fuck it, let's get married. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of commitment where it's like, you are the one I want to commit my life to. In the deepest part of my heart, I want us to be together every day for the rest of our lives. That kind of commitment, right? For a man to make a commitment like that, he needs to see you and feel you as like the ultimate reward, as like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And when you start letting him take privileges that he hasn't earned, that he hasn't rightfully earned through the effort and the dedication that he has made to the relationship, he will not see you as that. And some people want to argue about that. Some people want to say that's not true. Some people want to say, if if that's true, then he's just a shitty fucking guy or whatever. I mean... Go try it out. See for yourself is what I'll say. I didn't, I didn't think I was a shitty guy. I was a good guy with a good heart. I was sensitive and emotionally attuned and respectful and honoring of everyone. And I still needed to meet a woman that I felt that way about for me to want to make a lifetime commitment with her. 
So, I mean, you can color it whatever way you want to. But that's what I know to be true. And I know I'm not alone in that. And so the, the choice you have here, and you can do that as a friend, right? You can still hold yourself as this ultimate reward and be his friend. But that means that before things ever become romantic between the two of you, he's going to have to earn that with you. He's going to have to show up for you in a way where he deserves that from the relationship. You can't just give it to him because you like him. And it might sound like I'm talking about sex right now. Sex is a part of it. It's not the whole thing. It is your attention. It is your love. It is your body. It is your energy. It is your time. It's all of that. So sex is a part of it. But I just named five things. Sex was one of them. Your body. Right? So sex is a part of it. But it is, it is more than just about that. It's how you carry yourself. How you present yourself. If you're choosing to be his friend, then you are choosing to give him the amount, the amount of energy that friends get. Not the amount of energy that a boyfriend gets. If you're his friend, but you're giving him boyfriend attention, boyfriend energy, even if you're not sleeping with him, it's going to create the same effect because he's going to feel that he is getting privileges that he has not earned. So I hope I've answered that question. It was a great question and there's a lot of nuance in there. So I hope I was able to speak into that in a powerful way. And I just want to say for you, for everybody, like sending you all so much love. You know, I, I always come back to this is I just, I know how complex and how complicated and how nuanced all of this is. And I know that you could listen to a podcast and then a second later, you feel like, you know, like you, you listen to the podcast and you feel like, okay, I get it. And then a second later, you go and, you know, get emotionally involved and everything you thought you got a minute before just went out the window, right? So like, I, I get it. Like, I am very aware how complex these things are. And, you know, I always come back to this. It's, it's really the only place to come back to. But the answers are always going to be found in like a profound sense of self-awareness and self-love. You know, me knowing and being present to what's happening inside of me. So I'm aware of my needs. I'm aware of my desires. I'm aware of my emotions. I'm aware of my wounds. And I'm aware of what these things create in me, what they cause me to want to do, right? So I'm aware of all of this. And I also know how to love myself through all of that. I know how to tend to myself within all of these experiences. 
I know how to maintain a line of self-respect. I know how to maintain a line of certain boundaries and certain honor. Right? And it is. It's extremely complex and convoluted and and challenging. I mean, that's why I do this every week, right? I do this so we can sit and have these conversations. So lots of love to all of you navigating all of your situations. I know a lot of you are in all kinds of situationships and friends with benefits. And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy and it's convoluted and it's difficult to figure out. But the more you grow into a sense of knowing who you are, knowing what you deserve, the more you will only allow that treatment from anyone. Doesn't matter how deep it is. I don't care how strongly I feel. There are all kinds of things you can do to create lots of strong feelings. But what I care about is that I'm being respected, that I am being honored, that our relationship is honoring me. I'm not just trying to have a bunch of deep feelings, I'm trying to have a strong mutual respect and honoring in our relationship. And then we'll feel all kinds of things. We'll feel love, we'll feel fear, we'll feel frustration, we'll feel all of it. But that respect is what's going to hold us together. That mutual honoring is what's going to hold us together. All right, everyone, I'm going to wrap it up with this. It's been awesome being with all of you today. We've had some fantastic questions. Thank you for those of you who sent in the questions. Um, I do just want to shout out, again, the Inspired Love Program. Um, it is beginning, uh, it's going to open for enrollment beginning of June, right? So those of you who have been considering it, um, you know, if you have any questions about it, you want to reach out to me, happy to answer any questions or chat about it. Um, but those of you who are considering it, uh, just get ready because we are going to open for enrollment soon. I know when we open for enrollment, calls book up quick. And again, we can only, we can only do as many calls as we can do. Right. So if you know you want to do the program, if you know you want to be a part of it, uh, just make a point to as soon as we open for enrollment in the beginning of June, go book your call, just get it set up. And that way we can um, make sure you get your spot in the program. Um, other than that, you know, I just want to say like lots of love to everybody, blessings and, you know, sending you all lots of good vibes and good wishes for everything that you're going through. Uh, you know, if you're struggling, especially sending you some love with whatever you're struggling with. Um, thanks for being with me today. This is the Conscious Love Show. I stream live on Instagram every uh, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And obviously the podcast is uploaded on all major platforms. So you can find it on any platform uh, you'd like. And uh, yeah, I'll be back with you next week. All right, everybody. So lots of love, many blessings. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at The Living Relationship, to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.